Hello. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Kim. Hey, Kim, I literally almost said hi, I'm Kim. (laughs) Because I was so busy looking at you. (laughs) Well, you can be me and I can be you tonight, I I guess. That could be interesting. I I didn't prepare my notes for that, so no. Um, (laughs) Welcome to Season 3, Episode 18 of the Massive Fans Book Love Podcast. Clearly, we're professionals. Anyway, we really got into it last week, and like, I'm just, I cannot believe how close we are to the end. I can't handle it. I'm Mm. like, not doing well. (laughs) No kidding. No kidding. I'm not doing well, Kelsey. No. Um. (laughs) I know what you mean, Kim. (laughs) <laughs> now that we've just purely confused everyone. Anyway, what we're doing today is um, not switching names. We're covering chapters 67 to 69 of A Court of Wings and Ruin by Sarah J. Mass. Um, and just to reiterate, I really cannot believe how close we are to the end. I mean, we still have a few weeks left, but like, Jesus. I know. It, this is this is nuts. It's crazy to me to think that. And um, for any of you who know me, I actually had to set down... Um, Crescent City 2 for a little while because of where we are in Akawar, I literally couldn't read Crescent City 2 um, with some of the just knowing how Sarah J. Mass writes, knowing where I was in, in Akawar, there's just no way I could couldn't do it. So handle the to... mass destruction. Yeah, it's just a little <laughs> too much mass destruction for my, for my mental and emotional health, so I had to set it down. So uh, when we finish this, I will be picking it back up and finishing off Crescent City 2. So we'll, we'll be good. Life well, is good. and like on that note, Kim, share the news. <laughs> so thank you to everybody who participated in our poll on all of our socials. We really, we mm-hmm. really appreciate it. We love the engagement. And, I know. Um, it was fun to see like not just everyone's votes, but like why they were voting the way they were. I know. I know. It was really awesome. Um, and by overwhelming choice, I, I have to say I'm kind of shocked, though I'm not. Well, I should, I, we should caveat overwhelming on Facebook. Ironically, on Instagram, it was pretty close. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, pretty close. But Facebook is what tipped Blew it out of the water. <laughs> um, we are going to be doing Crescent City after this. So um, May and June, we'll do Crescent City and we'll try and get through as much of it as we can. Um, before we we stop to go into Akafas and then into also known as Silver Christmas Plains. in July. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go for Christmas in July. Yeah, and you know maybe we can push a week. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, if I can break it down fast enough and get us there, we'll get there. So I'll see how much I can do. But we'll we'll figure those it of out. You who, It'll be okay. But those of you who have not read Crescent City, I will tell you it is very detail heavy. But I look forward to going through it with everybody. I look forward to Kelsey's reaction to it. Yeah, it's um, all new to me. Like I had read Akatar through Akawar before, but this is like I will be reading for the first time. So everyone's gonna be getting my gut reactions, which like I already apologize for. And the only it's... book that you have read now going forward is Akafas. So yeah. it should be real fun. I'm the only one who's read it yeah. all, so this will be a whole lot of fun yeah. for me. I apologize now. Um, there will be a lot of screaming on my end. I mean, Kim got that when I was reading Akatar through Akawar the first time. Yeah. It's just going to be yeah. a lot of screaming. And I, I had to kind of do it the whole, it's okay, we'll get there. I promise. So I will hold everybody's hand and we'll get there. It'll be it'll be a good time. I mean, I she's a good, It's you're fun. like you're like a flight attendant. Like, you make us feel safe. <laughs> I do what I can. I Even when the plane's can. going down. <laughs> we looked at Kim and she looks pretty chill, so it's okay. <laughs> it's the stage manager in me. What can I say? Oh. You go the hell around me and I'm like, okay, we're going to get through this. And then when everything's said and done and everything's gone back to normal, I'm the one who freaks out and loses my shit in the corner. So it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Should be a good yeah, time. I admit that. It's it's a great time. But I, I am actually excited to be doing Crescent City. Um, for those of you that want to do Throne of Glass, I promise you. I promise, I promise, I promise we will get into Throne of Glass because really and truly you need to know Throne of Glass for everything that happens in Crescent City to make 100% sense. Yeah. So, so, so 
yeah, it, we're not married to this order. Um, but like in theory, in our minds, <laughs> come on a journey with us. Uh, we will start Crescent City. We will do Akafas, and then we will have to um, decide, Kim, how we want to pivot back to Crescent City to finish it, or do we need to finish Silver Flames first? You'll have to tell us what um, logistically has to happen to make Crescent, the first Crescent City work as best as it can before we then probably have to go back to TOG and get through all of that before we come back to the second Crescent City. I don't know. It's going to get wild up in here. No, well, yeah, I have to look at it all. I, honestly, I mean, their Easter eggs are all third glass. I'm not gonna lie, to get you to both Aquar, to Akatar, as well as Crescent City. That being said, the two that are at the moment the most right. closely linked are Crescent City and Akatar. Right. So doing the breakdown, I just have to break down the chapters and figure out how they're going to break. It depends on where we end up if we can't finish the book before we start Christmas in July. That's really what's going to determine because it depends on where we stop Crescent City um, as to what we'll have to do. So we'll figure it out. Um, I promise I'm not going to lead anyone astray. And we, I'm trust, available we, trust to our, we trust our tour guide. It's okay. <laughs> You're a flight attendant and a tour guide. You have a lot of jobs. I do. Throw, throw the hat into the ring. Just tell me which one I'm putting on today and I'll be good. Um, but no, I will, I'll get us all through this. I promise. And I honestly, you guys, if y'all have any questions, please reach out, email, ping us on social. If I don't respond, Kelsey will, and she'll pass the message on to me and I'll get to you. But please let us know. Um, I know some of y'all had some great reasons why you wanted to do Throne of Glass and I'm with you. Um, part of me wants to go back and do Throne of Glass first because I think there's a progression there that will then make sense with Crescent City. But that's okay. We can do this. Um, I have to tell you guys, I read Akatar, Akamath, Akawar, Akafas, and then got into, or maybe it wasn't even Akafas, I got through Akatar through Akawar, read Throne of Glass through Empire Storms, read Akafas, read Kingdom of Ash, which is the last book in Throne of Glass, read, Silver, read Crescent City 1, Silver Flames, and I'm now in Crescent City 2. So, my poor brain is all over the the, the but it's gonna be a mass universe. <laughs> so to speak. She has a so. massive headache. How many mass jokes can we make? <laughs> Way too many. Let's not. Let's, let's not. But anyway, I promise you guys, we will get there. So, um, but first we but have to get Jack of War anyway. <laughs> we, we do. So <laughs> to get today rolling. Oh, also, as always, guys, we we encourage you to reach out on any and all platforms. Yes. And per usual, this podcast is not for little ears. Oh, I mean, yes, I've already yes. dropped a couple of un- uh, well, inappropriate comments already, so it's you can already late. tell where this it's is going to go. It's already not for little ears, but if you don't know that now, season three, episode 18, like almost yes. a full year later, then I don't know what you've been listening to, but it wasn't us. <laughs> yeah. And then per usual, we will also share all of our socials at the end of the show and in our show notes. So, uh, Kelsey, you wanna you wanna start us with chapter sixty seven? Okay, yes, I do, and I'm literally gonna start with a quote because it's gonna remind us for like where the hey diddle we are in the story. <laughs> like when I went to make my notes, I like I you know I've been like reading other things, and and you know I have a small child who doesn't let me sleep, so like sometimes when I go to start my read for like the next week, I like forget where I'm at, which is like kind of embarrassing, but. I like opened the book and I was like, where am I at? And then I read this first paragraph and I was like, oh yeah, like I'm all caught up. I'm good. So uh, it says, <clears throat> too funny. It says, we need access to the cauldron, be able to touch it together. Alone, it had nearly killed me, but split amongst others who were made, we could withstand its lethal power. If we got it under control in one fell swoop, we could harness its might to bind the king and his army and wipe them off the earth. Thank you. 
I, 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 I remember our goals now. <laughs> I like that. It works. Goals are good. Clear, succinct, to the point. Got it. Um, and that is all chapter 67. No, I'm kidding. Um, but really, chapter 67 is like a really short. <laughs> it is. It's very short. Um, so it's that quote. And then basically, again, it reminds us in case we like, like for me, for somebody who hadn't picked up this week in a like this book in a week, it was helpful to be reminded. But for people who like had just read the previous page and are now reading this, I'm not sure why we're doing so much um, reminding. <laughs> Clearly, something was cut out in the middle. <laughs> but it says, um, you know, that Amran had found the spell to do all of that mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. in the book where the Soriel had claimed it would be. And that she like read it and it's like, oh, well, not only can we like nullify the cauldron, but like we can use it like against the king of Hybern. And it's like, cool, like, you know, two birds, one stone, all that. But like the caveat is first we have to locate the cauldron, which is, you know, like easier said than done. But then we like sidestep and we're like, okay, we're like not actually going to deal with that at the moment. First, we have this other problem, which is we want to get all the humans that are like in Highburn's direct path, like, you know, out of the way. Yeah, out of his direct path. And so I got to be honest, this was written really weird. And that's why I stand by. I think chapter 67 was like 20 pages and the editor was like, make it four. Because I feel like I feel like this paragraph is written really weird as if like there was a lot of information that then they were like, can you turn four pages into four paragraphs? And SJM was like, I can try (laughs) because it kind of does this like and then we did this and then we did that and then we did this. And that's just like not how the rest of the book is written. But um, anyway, um, and then those of us who could winnow did and we like went to my own village and when we got to the village people were scared because they were like what the fuck and they like didn't recognize me at first but then they were like oh wait but now we recognize you oh wait but you also have pointy ears and they were like no really what the fuck and <laughs> then Reese yeah. had to calm them down with his magical like mind holding powers but he didn't do it in any way he did it gentle like and um, the first group of people were like okay yeah that all sounds copacetic I'm scared so let's do it get me out of here and then the second family was like no you're fucking freaks get out (laughs) and then after that they were like maybe this isn't the best method maybe telling our whole life story to every family is not gonna pay off (laughs) and so they just stopped giving them an option and started winnowing the humans out yeah they just they just started grabbing them and well politely grabbing them but saying hey we're gonna get you out of harm's (laughs) way there's an army coming for you Right. And I think you might want to live, so we're going to do what we can to save you. Right. And so they're taking them to Adriata and Cressida is there. Um, and she's, like, kind of manning that operation, which is, like, interesting. God love her. Well, okay. Like, love her, but also, like, if I was thinking it's kind of funny because, like, Cressida is kind of, like, the last person I would expect to be, like, on the welcoming committee. So... True. God, but... it's a shock. Like, I'm a human. I'm sorry, I always say it like that because of all those dog memes. So I'm a human and I have never been over the wall. And then some peoples came in the night and they had pointy ears and they said, we're going to save you. And I said, um, okay. And then they brought me to this other non-human and she's like kind of mean, but at the same time, kind of nice. And I don't know, it's like summertime here, but I'm just confused. Like it's going to be a freaking shit show. How fast can we confuse you? Yeah. It's so, good time. yeah. Anyway, so, I mean, part of me wishes we got a paragraph or so from like that point of view, but whatever. Um, but I do like the fact that she literally calls out that every high lord and any commander or noble that had the gift of winnowing yes. and the strength to do it did it. Like, it wasn't. So, like, Cassian couldn't, but that meant that Moore was doing it, and Azrael right. was doing it, and, you know, like, we had we had people that were doing it, and God right. bless them for doing it, because God it, knows. Yeah. That is, that is true. I do like that. So they continue house to house, and they basically get as many, or it kind of reads like all, but obviously it couldn't be all, but they got as many as humanly as humanly possible. <laughs> Sorry, as fairly possible. Um anyway, they got him out. Anyway. They got as many as they could. Yeah. Yeah. 
And well, they were all I, exhausted. I mean, basically. Right. Like I was going to say, the like the, the key here is the fact that it took like all night. And you have to remember that these people are supposed to be like prepping for battle and instead they're doing this. Right. So when they return, I, I highlighted this because it, I just feel like it, the first time I read it, it didn't hit me the way it did reading it this time. And I think it's because this time in my head, I had noted how like the first page or so of this like read very like, and then we did this and then we did that and then we did this and then we did mm-hmm. that. And then suddenly we were back to kind of like how she normally writes. And all of a sudden I was like, oh, that kind of made this like hurt more to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So, you know, Favor's perspective. Um, he passed out before talking about Reese. Duh. He passed out before his head hit the pillow, his wings played across the bed. Too much strain, too much relying on his power. I watched him sleep, counting his breaths. We knew, all of us did, we knew that we wouldn't walk away from that battlefield. Maybe it would inspire others to fight, but we knew. My mate, my family, they would fight, buy us time with their lives while Amron and my sisters and I tried to stop the cauldron. Some would go down before we could reach it. And they were willing to do it. If they were afraid, none of them let on. I brushed Reese's sweat damp hair back from his brow. I knew he'd give everything before any of us could offer it. Knew he'd try. It was as much a part of him as his limbs, his need to sacrifice, to protect. But I wouldn't let him do it. Not without trying myself. And so, I I don't know. Like, I, I feel like the first time I missed the, like, like, she's admitting, like, the more or less finality of the situation that like not like not necessarily that she and reese are both going to die but like people are going to die and it's probably going to be some combination of the inner circle right like maybe it won't be her and reese maybe it will but people are gonna die yeah no matter what people will be dying and like, I guess, I don't know. I don't, I just don't remember it reading that way in my head the first time. So I was like, um, but this whole thought process leads her to like, think for a moment about how like she and Amarin hadn't really gotten to talk about like the Braxis mm-hmm. like more recently. And that like, even if they had like, like I, she's still planning to bring Braxis in, but like, it's not enough. She needs the bone carver. And Mm -hmm. she decides, she says, I didn't care about the cost or the risk, not as I looked at my sleeping mate, exhaustion lining his face. He had given enough. And if this broke me, drove me mad, ripped me apart, all Amron would need was my presence, my body, tomorrow with the cauldron. Um, And and I like how she says, I would gladly pay it, face it, which, I I mean, for a favor, this is a huge step in, in being a much more mature person. Yeah, it's also really, it's interesting to me because, okay, go on this like random fucking side quest with me for a moment. It's really interesting to me because I think it isn't like it's a parallel to back in Akatar when she decided that like Tamlin and like breaking all of Amarantha's bullshit was Mm -hmm. also like worth the risk but at the time the only risk she had really was like well i could die right like i don't really have anything like tamlin i don't really even have like a real relationship (laughs) like i'm risking my own life but that's because like i couldn't bear thinking that like i didn't try you know okay great But, like, now it's, like, I am risking literally everything, like, on behalf of others, and I am now trying to do it in a calculated way that still affects me, and I can give up what I give up without, like, necessarily endangering others. In fact, she's trying very desperately to not endanger others. Endanger anyone else. Yeah. Which I have to respect that. Yeah. So it's just, to me, it's an interesting parallel because... It's kind of the same, but different. You know what I mean? Like the stakes are different. Mm-hmm. It, it's still Feyre stepping up and doing what she has to do in the end and admitting she may die doing it and that she's like accepted that. But before yeah. like the stakes were like as high as you thought the stakes were in Akatar when you read Akatar, the stakes are much higher now. Yeah, they're they're a hundredfold higher. Yeah. So I just thought that was really interesting. Um, 
But anyway, so she goes through all that in her head and she decides that with the little bit of power she has left, she's going to winnow to the Court of Nightmares where she she's a little vague on like why she knows this but anyway she knows where the okay here we go Ouroboros how many times can I say it I'm just gonna call it the mirror y'all because by the time I say Ouroboros like three times I'm like um, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna get you there and then we'll go read a discovery of witches and you can hate me all over again <laughs> So Ouroboros yes. or- um, becomes a big deal there. No, and it's like I know it's Ouroboros, but for some reason, like halfway through the word, my mouth like quits. But anyway, she <laughs> too why many she, yeah too many yeah it's like I panic like well, I can say it if I'm not looking at it, but when I look at it, I'm like that's a lot of oaths. <laughs> <laughs> wow i am way just off the rails my bad anyway the point is is why she knows exactly where it's located i'm not really entirely sure and the details are kind of vague but anyway she knows it's like up in this like high like towery room and she's gonna have to like Mm -hmm. go up this winding staircase of a thousand stairs better her than me yeah, ain't that the freaking truth? So she's going <laughs> to go up a thousand stairs and she remembers uh, what the surreal had said. Only you can decide what breaks you, curse breaker, only you. And yep. she starts going and that's the end of chapter 67. <laughs> and 68 isn't really any longer. <laughs> so no. 68 is her realizing she's like made it up the stairs and she it's kind of like distracting at first the way she says it because you're like the fuck but it makes sense in a second i swear she says i did not expect the snow or the moonlight and you're like i'm confused but literally it's like a like chambery room at the top of this like tower and then she's gone up the all these stairs and now there's clearly like cracks like through the rock wall and that's how like the moonlight is coming in and like snow is pulling in and it's just Mm -hmm. creating this like uber creep ambiance basically and she tells us that, like, over on the far wall, that's where the Ouroboros is. And it's a, she describes it for us in case we were, like, you know, in case we forgot what a mirror was. Um, no, I'm kidding. But it is funny because she starts with, like, it's a round disc. And you're, like, yeah, that's, like, typically how I picture mirrors. Thank you for clearing that. But she says that it's, t- like, as tall as she is or taller. So it's huge. Metal frame. Uh, massive serpent like fashioned out of like metal around it and well, that's uh, the Ouroboros is yes the, is the serpent biting its own biting tail. its own that's tail mm-hmm. yeah so i was like Anybody okay didn't know yeah so i was like okay that's i got you i got you um but it's also like really big so now we know and she's looking at it and she's like, okay, like she's like psyching herself up and she like takes her first step and then another and another and she's like looking at the mirror itself but she doesn't really i mean she sort of sees like her reflection but then she like Mm -hmm. also sees like a dark like you know shadowy part that she can't really like make out but she's looking at it and she's like i don't see anything like you know that's supposed to like drive me mad or whatever and so she whispers to it she's like hello and nothing and then she's like really like up close and personal with it like looking at it and she can't see anything except like that dark spot and it's up in the right corner and then it moves and when it moves she like thinks it's something behind her and so Mm -hmm. she is looking in the mirror and she sees this massive beast with claws and this is just sounds awful kim it's got claws and scales and fur and teeth and it's just like slinking like down from like whatever it's sitting on and it's like coming up behind her and she's just staring in the reflection like trying to determine her next move and in her head she thinks about like she was gonna comment i guess you know like she does to herself about like you know how things look like paintings to her or whatever she was gonna comment in her head about like the color of its eyes but she like couldn't even like finish her thought before it started to pounce so she turns with her dagger but there's nothing there i know well, I have to tell you, the way they describe the monster, do you know what it makes me think of? What? A griffin. I sort of got griffin vibes, too. It totally makes me think of a griffin. I sort of got griffin vibes, or I also sort of got, um, like, one of those, like, Chinese dragon 
like no, things. No, I totally got the Griffin, and I'll tell you why is because of the way they talk about it with the paws and all that. And that no, that makes sense. Like, you know, because it's it's more yeah true animal beast on the front, and then it talks about the scaled tail and the whole bit, and that kind of gives me that serpentine thing. And griffins have they have that makes sense. Yeah, I think in my head I was the. Yeah, that makes sense. In my head, it was the way I was interpreting it, like, moving behind her. And she talks about, you know, it has wings, which then to me, so it's, you know, you have the lion head with the right. winged body and, you know, the claws that are half lion, half right. bird of prey with a tail that's a serpent. And to me, that it's a griffin. I don't know. I mean, maybe makes sense. I mean, makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. But it doesn't really matter because it's not there, Kim, which is creepy. <laughs> it's just in the mirror. Yeah, it's just in the mirror. So she turns back to the mirror and it says, where I had been standing, that beast now sat. And so it's like she's staring at it and it's staring at her. And she realizes like that's her reflection. Mm-hmm. And so she puts she kind of like puts it all together and she says of what lurked beneath my skin which is a lot it is <laughs> and so Poor she thing. like takes it she like looks into the mirror and like deals and then we get like a little snowflakey star thing and yep, yep. now she's with the bone carver and she notices like he's sitting she comes in and he's sitting against the wall and he's all like no escort this time and i love that i know and she just looks at him and like for a minute she's like i'm still really annoyed that when i look at this kid it's clearly my kid like what a fucking like mind fuck guys (laughs) yeah (laughs) like of all things he has to i he has to appear as my own shot anyway as soon as she like comes around the corner he says you retrieved it and she has the arbors appear behind him because now she can't control it. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, you know, it, she does it. And she's, he says, you know, how? She's like, I looked. You know, what did you see? None of your business. And then she just points to the door. You have my mirror. Now uphold your end. Battle awaits. And the bone carver looks to the mirror and looks back to her and says, it would be my pleasure. And this is a little weird to me because, like, I, I don't know. It's, hear me out. This is weird to me because she he says that, and it's like, it would be my pleasure. Okay, great. And then she says, what do you mean? And I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? He's fucking coming with you. Like, let's go. We got shit to do. But she's like, what do you mean? And he says, I have little need for that thing, but you did. It's a rare person to face who they truly are and not run from it, not be broken by it. And... I just think it's really weird because she gets really fucking like he says a whole paragraph. You can read it, but yeah. he he basically says like, "Oh, I didn't need the mirror. I needed you to look into the mirror because I needed to know that like you were the kind of person I wanted to fight with. Like and I, I needed it. to and, know." And I, love, I, I love his last comment and I like, I like his last sentence in this paragraph, which says. Um, yes, rare indeed. I could risk leaving here for nothing less. Right, which is like, I know, which is really interesting, but like, it's so, the weird part to me is the fact that it says, you know, like, she gets like filled with rage and she's like, you wanted to see if I was worthy? And it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, were we ever under the impression that this wasn't a test? I'm confused. I knew it was a test. Right. Like, I, like, I, somebody who was like under the mountain back in Akathar pulling some bullshit like this did not read trial to you like yeah <laughs> this did not read Midgard worm to you like, yeah no it did it totally did right so it's well I know it did to us but it didn't to Feyre apparently which I think is just like really weird but anyway mm-hmm. whatever she's like momentarily pissed but then she like lets it go um and because he like agrees to help her and she's just like good then let's begin and that's i know also we made it all the way this far into the recording and i'm now realizing that i should have addressed it right addressed with you offline kim which is i am really congested so i'm kind of nasal so depending on uh what i'm saying sometimes i feel like i sound like janice (laughs) (laughs) jan la bing 
Eh, forget about it. <laughs> I'm still all congested uh, and snotty and coughing and yeah. throat. So, hey, we're good. Yeah, so we're just, like, sounding some kind of way. It's fine. Everything is fine. It's fine. We both have our sexy voices on. What can I say? God, if this is my sexy on? voice, I'm really concerned. <laughs> <laughs> And that, folks, is why they will not be casting me in any of the, like, Agatar TV shows. Because if this Absolutely. is my sexy voice, then I have say I do same. not make. <laughs> yeah, same. It's okay. I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I can, I can actually, like, feel the rumble in my chest from my voice being so low. So, I feel you. Well, that's why I finally realized I had to say it. Because all of a sudden, I felt, like, the tickle in my nose. <laughs> That was like from like the reverberations of my voice in my own nasal cavity. And I was like, wow, <laughs> that's probably sounds really nasal. <laughs> I was like, all of a sudden I was like, wow, all that stuff that in my head sounded smart probably sounded dumb as fuck because I sound like a mess. It's fine. <laughs> it, was, it sounded good in my head, y'all. <laughs> it's okay. I still love you. So you're good. Okay. Carry on. So, chapter 69. So indeed. We got here. We got here quick for us. I know. I know. Well, those chapters were really, really short. (laughs) They were. But, so here's the thing. So, we know they spent most of the night until they were all exhausted winnowing humans out. Right. To the summer court. And then Vera took the last little bit of time she had. To go get the bone carver, well, to get the Ouroboros and the bone carver. And we have to assume she went to go get Bryaxis, right? Right. Okay. God willing. I mean, that was the plan, right? God willing. That was the plan. So, chapter 69 literally opens at dawn. Feyre's army, the army that, you know, the High Lord army is going through. And apparently Highburn had gone through the human lands. Um, literally behind uh, the, the, the army of the High Lords and had right. raised everything. And I, I'm going to read this. It says, Highburn had raised everything from the spring court down to the few miles before the sea, including my village. There was nothing left but smoking cinders and crumbled stone as we marched past. Mm. And my father's estate, one third of the house, one third of the house remained standing, the rest wrecked. Windows mm. shattered, walls cracked, down to the foundation. Elaine's garden was trampled, little more than a mud pit. And that proud oak near the edge of the property where Nesta had liked to stand in the shade and overlook our lands, it had been burned into a skeletal husk. It was a personal attack. I knew it. We all did. So, well, gee, Mr. Yeah. King you just a little jackass of magnificent proportions. Um, because I mean, seriously, like, really, dude, that's I want to say he's like having a temper tantrum because, for in my opinion, it's a temper tantrum because the High Lord army came in and got the humans out as many of them as they could right out of his way and so he's having a temper tantrum because of it and well um, yeah you know nobody said he was mature right and and you know it, as she says she goes we had no doubt that finding the empty villages along the way whetted his rage um and there were not and there were enough towns and villages that they had not been able to reach in time as they had hurried through so but they got as many as they could so i have to respect that i mean they really did try to save as many of the humans as possible oh goodness gracious and apparently the illyrians are given cassian and the other leaders all kinds of shit and cassian basically got to the point where he got pissed off at a couple of them and reassigned them to dredge duty literally love it (laughs) love to see um, (laughs) basically like basically had them go into manual labor of hauling wagons and carts Right. These are officers. So that kind of shut everybody up. At that point, they're like, oh, they're really not fucking around. Right? That's why I'm like, love to see it. Love to see it. Go, Cassian. Go, go, go. So they get through it, and they get to a point where they, they get to, to mid to midday. So they get to a point where they stop for a brief midday break. I like how it says, brief midday break. I know. 
in a large meadow. And this is the time when Nesta and, and well, Nesta and Feyre and Moore and Elaine and everybody goes and changes into battle-appropriate right. wear. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, like, I'm not, like, real positive on what the fuck they were wearing before. I just think they like, were I just wearing... assumed that they were in, I mean, obviously, like, maybe not, like, their, like, A-plus, like, leather gear, but I just, like, assumed they were already, like, more or less decked out. I, I, well, yeah, I did too, but apparently they were But whatever, apparently not. I mean, maybe not Nesta. Nesta was probably wearing a dress up until 10 minutes ago. Yeah, this is true. And we all know Elaine was. So it was funny because they talk about it. And I I think they probably at least most of them had the basics of battle gear on. Sure. Even if it wasn't true full battle gear. Um, But at this point, they're all doing their thing and they're all changing. And Elaine had taken one look of... (laughs) Nesta and Feyre in Illyrian leathers. I was like, oh, hell to the no. <laughs> God bless Vivi. We love Vivian. I mean, truly, God bless her. I know. Vivian steps up to the plate and she's like, look, I can give you some winter court fashion that's not as scandalous for you. Granted, there's white fur trimming it, but hey, you can sweat, but feel modest so there you go. how oh. adorable though that vivian's like i got you girl i got you i don't want to wear that either <laughs> so so elaine ends up wearing winter court battle garb but again i'm i'm all for it because you know whatever it's i, I just know think it's, awesome. it's like i like all of a sudden like i hadn't like i missed that the first time i read through like i knew that elaine didn't get dressed with nesta and pharaoh but i missed with that elaine puts on like the winter court gear and so it made me laugh because i got a really like a vivid picture in my head of like nesta like fudging around with like her outfit because she's like mildly uncomfortable like dressing like that but she's like yeah whatever and like fair being like yeah yeah like you're good you're good but then elaine in the background just like wearing like a four thousand layers of like winter court clothing just like sweating a little and like rocking back and forth like i'm fine i'm fine this is fine. Everything's fine. Don't mind me. I'm sweating, but I'm fine. <laughs> like, There's no way. There's I just got like no a really vivid way. picture in my head. I I couldn't. I'm like, I just, the thought of it, I mean, it's summer. It's the dead yeah, of summer. I would, and so the thought of being in, in fur trimmed anything just makes my skin just yeah, Absolutely no not. Thanks. Yeah, I'm with Are you. Are you sick to my stomach? Mm, no, big no. So, Apparently, it's funny because Cassian goes, because Cassian had given Nesta a knife. Not that Nesta knew what the hell she was doing with it, but she strapped one on. God bless right. her, right? And it made him feel a little better. So <laughs> Made him feel better. He goes to hand one to Elaine, and Elaine's like, uh... Could we not? <laughs> Apparently to the point of, like, freaking out. And I, I love this, because this is, this is, like, one of my favorite little moments in so many I of us know. talk about this. Um, in the groups and in the fandom and I just love it because Azrael comes up and he pushes Cassian aside and he holds out truth teller and he tells her and I'm going to read this because it's just perfect how he says it Azrael still limping merely nudged aside Cassian and extended another option this is truth teller he told her softly I won't be using it today so I want you to his wings had healed, the long, thin scars now raked down them. Still not strong enough, Maja had warned him to fly today. It has never failed me once, the shadow singer said, the midday sun devoured by the dark blade. Some people say it is magic and will always strike true. He gently took her hand and pressed the hilt of the legendary blade into it. It will serve you well. I, I don't know how to use it. I'll make sure you don't have to, I said, grass crunching as I stepped closer, which is Farah. So I think it's fascinating that, you know, Asriel offers her truth teller and immediately, you know, everybody's like, huh? And and Farah kind of down the bond is like, I wonder how many times Asriel's ever let that out, to which Reese literally responds to her, never, 
ever. <laughs> yeah, he's like, not a thing. <laughs> Nobody, he goes, I've never seen anybody else touch that blade. And so it's just kind of mind-boggling that of all the people he gives it to, he gives it to Elaine. So I know. Whoa. And it paints a little pretty picture in her head of, you know, Elaine's brightness and Azrael's darkness and the blade kind of bridging between them and Fair kind of gets a little distracted. Go figure. And Feyre's starting to struggle and she realizes that, you know, she's she's like, I just don't have a good feeling. We're all tired. This is really difficult. And and she she tells Reese down the pond, she's like, this break is the last time we'll all be here talking. And of course, then Reese, to lighten the moment, is like, "So, you want to go into the to the to the little wagon over there for a few minutes? Right. So it might be well, cramped, but I can make it work." All right, which is funny, and like they always cope with humor for the most part. Which, like, as somebody who copes with humor, I completely understand. Yes. But it sucks that little bit, like right before, like he actually answers down the bond when she's just thinking. Because she's mm-hmm. having the revelation of like, I would not get that last night with him because last night right. that had been our last night and we'd spent yep. it when it was. They were like, too busy like saving the humans. Right. Like it didn't occur to her at the time it was happening. It's occurring to her right. now. And that right. sucks. That does. Like, that totally sucks. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, yeah, that like really got to me. I was like, wow, I can only imagine. And like, yeah, like you said, like, and he like copes with humor, like he do, and like she takes it, you know, like she do. <laughs> I love it. I mean, it's yeah, so like, and so them. It, yeah, so them. exactly. But like, it just, uh, uh, it sucked to like. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel for her because I feel like I hate that. I hate that feeling of like, I wish I knew now what I knew then. You know. Yeah. No, I agree. Which is also I like agree. on a much less stressful scale, my mom always says. Like you you get so sick and tired of like picking your kid up or your kid like squishing onto mm-hmm. your lap, but like you always wish you knew it had been the last time. Yep, yep. Absolutely. So like I always think about like how my mom said has always said that. Like I always think about that when I read like this part where it's like it's not really that it would have changed anything. She just wishes she wasn't realizing it now. <laughs> yeah. No, and you know, that's so true because I mean, you know, as a mom to a tween, I can say quite honestly, the the hugs and the snuggles and the cuddles are super far and few in between now. He still will every once in a while be like, Mom, can I go hug? Or yeah. I just want to cuddle with you. But overall, it's not often and certainly not when anybody would ever see him. So any of my right. friends hear this. Like, don't tell him I got that out there because he would totally die of embarrassment. Okay? Like, can't embarrass him. I mean, the poor boy has enough going on in his life. Let's not humiliate him. But he does. But, He's but totally... Yeah. But that's just, like, the typical, like, yeah. I think by that by his age, like, most kids are going through that. So, like, most moms are feeling what you're feeling. Yeah. And I do. I miss baby snuggles. And I miss the cuddles. And I miss, I miss it. You know, you do. And you don't you don't realize when it's gonna right, stop right really exactly and i think that's kind of what she's going through which is like not that it would have changed anything but i wish i wasn't thinking about him right now <laughs> absolutely you know yeah yeah so yeah. that sucks but um then they cope with a little more humor and this is literally my favorite part so continue <laughs> It is. It's hysterical. So the last two people to join their little merry bando peoples in the inner circle were more and Amarin. Now more shows up in full armor. Armor. I you do you, boo. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Go Morgan. And Amarin is in Illyrian leathers. But they're so small. All Farrakhan the kids as they must have been for a child. And apparently Reese tells her down the bond. Don't tell her but they were. <laughs> So Aaron's so tiny that they have her in children's leathers. God, hilarious. Crazy. How nutty is that? Um, but they're all there. And they're kind of standing in a circle. And they're, they're going to have a little, let's face it, they're going to have a bit of a kumbaya moment. But it's really sweet. Um, Reese 
I'm gonna, I'm gonna just kind of read this. Reese stared at all of us, somehow assembled here in the sun-drenched open grasses without being given the order. Our family, our court, the court of dreams. And Reese is like, so do you guys want the uh, inspiring talk or the bleak one? And Amarin's like, we just want the real one. In fairness, Kim, if you recall, in our notes we were planning this episode, I called this the we all gonna die talk. <laughs> yes. But never kiss goodbye. But that's where we are. Yeah, yeah. So do you want the inspiring talk or the bleak one? It's probably better than do you want the we gonna die one? <laughs> mm-hmm. But what Reese says really, this whole little section. Yeah. Just, oh. Oh, in the fields, man. So Reese says, I believe everything happens for a reason, whether it is decided by the mother or the cauldron or some sort of tapestry of fate. I don't know. I don't care. I am grateful for it, whatever it is. Grateful that it brought you all into my life. If it hadn't, I might have become as awful as that prick we're going to face today. If I had not met an Illyrian warrior in training, I would not have known the true depths of strength, resilience, honor, and loyalty. And Cassian's eyes gleamed bright. Reese says to Azrael, if I had not met a shadow singer, I would not have known that it is the family you make, not the one you are born into that matters. And I would not have known what it is to truly hope, even when the world tells you to despair. Moore is, of course, bawling. And Reese turns to her and says, if I had not met my cousin, I would never have learned that light can be found in even the darkest of hells, that kindness can thrive even amongst cruelty. Amarin's standing there waiting. And Reese looks at her and says, if I had not met a tiny monster who hoards jewels more fiercely than a fire drake, my own power would have consumed me long ago. And then he turns to Feyre. And this is the one that just really kind of gets you guys. I know. And if I had not met my mate, and then he goes down the bond, I would have waited 500 years more for you, a thousand years. And if this was all the time we were allowed to have, the wait was worth it. And then he says out loud, he goes, I believe that everything happened exactly the way it had to, so I could find you. And he looks to her sisters and says, we have not known each other long, but I believe that you were brought here in our family for a reason too. And maybe today we'll find out why. Ooh, man, I'm getting teary-eyed just reading that. I oh, my know, God. Um, I know. Woof. Mostly, for me, it's it, the first part reads, <laughs> I think I told you this before, reads a little Avengers Assemble to me. Yes, it so, does. Like, it reads, like, the Cassian and Azriel part is, like, cute, but, like, we know, like, they're bros. It is what it is. Like, yeah, we yeah. already, like, saw that bro speech yeah. coming. Um, same with, like, Moore. That's, like, his actual literal cousin. So, like, you yeah, know, yeah. yeah, okay. Like, great family yeah whatever but it's actually that it, like amran when it turns for me mm-hmm. where like because she's prepared to be like whatever you're gonna say is gonna be stupid like you know what i mean like she's like definitely <laughs> yeah and then when he says that you can it, she's just kind of like okay like you know you kept it short sweet and to the point and you're right like i wasn't like basically she they acknowledge that she's the only one who would have ever been powerful enough to smite him down if he had acted a total fucking fool and so oh like and then the whole bit with pharaoh it's just like oh yeah so like amarin's where for me it turns into like a real like actual thank you you know what i mean and then with (laughs) pharaoh I'm sitting here. I'm literally actually guys, the part that, I'm actually wiping my eyes. Like, it really does make me teary eyes. <laughs> I it makes yeah. me super teary eyed. Yeah, and then actually, I really love what he says to her sisters. Yes, it's so sweet. And yeah. then the last thing he says is, he goes, "We will walk onto that field and only accept death when it comes to haul us away to the other world. We will fight for life, for survival, for our futures." But if it is decided by that tapestry of fate or the cauldron or the mother that we do not walk off that field today, the great joy and honor of my life has been to know you, to call you my family. And I am grateful more than I can possibly say that I was given this time with you all. And Amarin comes back with, we are grateful, Rosanne, more than you know. To which then Reese finally finishes this by saying, then let's go make Hybern very ungrateful to have known us too. 
Which I love as a great like bookend to that speech because it does it end is. end on another like Avengers <laughs> moment. Like the stuff in the middle is like really mushy and adorable and sweet, but for some reason the beginning and end read very <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and again, those of you who know me, I'm a total mushball and I am totally crying. This is ridiculous. Um, no, you're fine. That's why you got this chapter, because if I was reading it, I would also be crying. But listening to you read it makes me av- like makes me available to make Avengers jokes. Somebody needs to, because I, I don't know even then if I would have been able to. I know. But we I do know. get a little snowflakey, so thank God, because my poor emotions can take a break. Yeah, yeah. Although it feels to me like a weird place. It definitely could have just, does, like, ended a chapter there. It doesn't, it doesn't. It's kind of, you know what? I mean, they could have, but I know why they did it. And what I appreciate about it at this point, what it does is it's a scene change. And I get yes. that. And I yeah. I like that. Like, if they're going to do it, at least they did it as a scene change. Yes, so I'm, accurate. I'm all about accurate. Like Fair. That. And so it opens with, I could smell the sea long before we beheld the battlefield. Highburn had chosen well. And they find out that Highburn indeed had the high ground, which meant they were they were fucked, y'all. The host was waiting, poised. So many, I knew without counting that we were vastly outnumbered. And Cassian scouts around, he comes back down, and he's like, the prick took every inch of high ground and advantage he could find. So this totally sucks, y'all. Mm-hmm. And then, so Reese is like, so how long do you think we have? Cassian's like, uh... Azrael's like, make sure Helene is on alert and Thesen. And then Reese is like, look, you didn't answer my question. How 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 long do we have? Uh, Cassian's like, let's say it goes badly. Shield shatters, disarray. He uses the cauldron a few hours. Oh, shit, y'all. Yeah! And Fair is realizing that in that short time, she has to get across the battlefield... To wherever they find find the cauldron, and then get to said cauldron. And as the shadows are already looking for the cauldron, and he tells her that he's like the wards are strong, no doubt reinforced by the king after you shredded through his at the camp. Well, so Cassie then looks to Amarin and says, "You know when?" I'm glad she does. I'm glad she does, because I don't think anybody else does. Oh, fuck if I do. <laughs> I certainly don't. Cassian basically says his goodbyes, and he, he goes up to the air. Well, yeah. He, like, looks at Nesta, but doesn't say anything. Right. They don't say anything. He just shoots up into the air. Yeah. And poor Azrael, God bless him, is desperately trying to be like, I can fight on foot. I can do this. I can do that. And Reese is like, no. Hell no. Yeah. No. Not not Right. Me. Shut up, sit down, go find somewhere safe. We will tie you to a tree. <laughs> He's like, he, said, he does, he threatens to tie us to a tree. I'm like, oh, Jesus, really? Tarquin then, like, Tarquin and Healy and all them, all, they all get there together, finally. And the Unified Army comes to a halt like some mighty beast pausing. Summer, winter, day, dawn, and night. Each court's forces clearly marked by the altercations and, I mean, the alterations in color and armor. The fairies who fought alongside the High Fae, ethereal and deadly, a legion of Thesen's peregrines, flapped in their rank beside the Illyrians, their golden armor gleaming against the solid black of our own. No sign of Baron or Eris, not a whisper of Autumn coming to assist us, or Tamlin. Which, I mean, granted, what's Tamlin going to bring? Like, a, an army of badgers? Like, <laughs> maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Rancor's got jackal. Like, <laughs> he has maybe a hundred soldiers left. Yeah, he's got fuck all. Hurting. I don't think it matters. Um, but no Baron, no Eris, so at this point, no Autumn, which sucks balls, let's face it, people. Yeah, because you, um, know, you know they fight to the death because that's who they is. Yeah. Um, and then Amran starts to explain magic first. And she's like, God, it's boring. Like, she's like, this is the boring I part. I know. I, for- I think it's so funny how she says it. I forgot how boring this part is. Because <laughs> they're all shooting magic spells at each other to take out everybody's shield. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Yeah, basically. It's like the pew, pew fight. It's hysterical. <laughs> um, now, Azrael is with with 
uh, resand and shielding using his siphons. So as things start to get a little hairy, I love this little bit. Taylor I know, looks I at love him. this. Love this. She looks at Reese and she's like, I never got you a mating present. Reese is monitoring everything going on. And she's like, so I've been thinking and thinking about what to get you. And Reese slowly turns his face to her like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, he's like, now? <laughs> right fucking now? <laughs> yeah, you're going to tell me this now? Okay, interesting timing. And Feyre's like, but, you know, I'll admit this gift is probably for both of us. And Reese asks her what he saw in the Ouroboros, and she's like, myself, I saw myself. And they, they have a little chat about it, and if you guys want to see what the chat is about what she sees, read it, because I'm not going to read that part to you. And when she, she does know that when she realizes she could embrace and love mm-hmm. what she saw in the Ouroboros, that it, it literally yielded itself to her to wield and, and control. Right. And to which she looks at her husband, she, she looks at Therese and smiles, and she's like, here's to a long and happy mating, Reese. And he's like, well, it seems like you beat me to it. And she's like, what? And he drops a glamour, and lo and behold, Striga, the weaver, is there. And atop her dark hair is a pale blue jewel that glittered, my auntie's jewel. And of course, it shocks the bone carver enough that he literally stumbles back. And Reese is like, you're not the only one who can offer bargains, you know. I sent Helian to bargain on my behalf. That was why he was in the middle that day he found you. To offer to break the containment spell on the Weaver in exchange for her services today. So Feyre is like, hmm. Hybrid has no idea about the hell that's about to rain down upon them, do they? And Reese is like, yeah, here's the family reunions. I love that line. Here's the family reunions. And the chapter literally ends with this sentence that says, Then the weaver, the carver, and Bryaxis unleashed themselves upon Highburn. And that, that is the end of 69. Oh, I like, love it. it. We're literally at the beginning of the battle. Oh, which we'll do in our next episode because, oh my God, it's just too much. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. It's, I will it's say, lot. I will say, friends, our next few episodes to wrap out the book will be a little shorter as far as chapter like number of chapters go and the length of the chapters is a little shorter mm-hmm. um but we grouped them by design uh mostly to like handle the emotional load <laughs> we have to handle the emotional trauma i mean this yeah. one already got me into tears so that's what is, tell you what what is that dick dog, like all... emotional damage emotional damage <laughs> yeah yeah, I'm not one to usually cry, you guys. Like not like that. And I'm literally still sniffling because I was crying. So well, that's okay. I mean, it's 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 yeah. In fairness, I'm now desensitized because I had to read it in public, getting my allergy shot. <laughs> I had to read it in public today, making my notes, and I was like, Can "You I are not you going to fucking cry." Me. That would not stop me. That would not stop me from crying. I would still be crying. It like, wouldn't are. stop me. I was like, I'd you still are. be sitting there wiping my eyes. Like people would be like, "What the hell is yeah, that problem?" I was like, I was like, "You will not fucking cry in this allergy office." <laughs> See, it wouldn't stop me. I'd still be crying. Yeah, yeah. So now I'm like, uh, I'm okay. It's okay. We got a lot of them. Emo- I, I, I already know when I'm gonna cry, so it's fine. I mean, yeah, I walk. So well, I mean, hello. Yeah. Well, okay, but I'm gonna I mean, cry too. Before that, I'm also probably gonna cry before that. I think I know what you're talking about. Yes, I'll be crying there too. <gasps> yeah. For some reason, that hurts so bad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, um, before we accidentally give things away, uh, we try really hard not to be terribly spoilery, but you know, I mean, sometimes you can't help it, and well, we're still better than the internet. So, uh, <laughs> true. <laughs> this is true. On that note, uh, Kim, hit So, you know, I have to say, for three chapters that are as short as these are, we we have six songs, which was kind of shocking. Um, yeah, but they're all good. <laughs> they're all good. I have to say, 
one of these songs, number three, I've had since we started talking about doing the podcast almost a year ago. Love it. Love to hear it. So, song number one is Start a War by Clergy and Valerie Broussard. Why? Why would it be? (laughs) The very beginning of all this craziness that you started. Um, No, yeah. So, chapter 67. It's all about where this episode began. Yeah. Um, Song number two is Demons by Imagine Dragons. And it's literally when Feyre goes to face and does face the Ouroboros. Yes. Love it. So, you go, Feyre. And then basically, like, puts the bone carver in his place. So you go, girl. Uh, Song number three. This is a song I've literally had in my head for a year plus. Like, the very first time I read this, I had this song in my head. And it is The Final Countdown by the band (laughs) Europe. I love it. And it's when Reese is giving a speech to the inner circle. Because it's literally the countdown to battle. I mean, let's face it, right? And I remember the very first time I read this, I was like, oh my god, that would be the best song right there in the background. So, it's there. So, sorry guys, it's it's there. Love I told it. you, some of these songs, man, I've had in my head for a long time. Uh, song four is A Thousand Years by Christina Perry. Oh, love the song. Try not to and hold the- against it the fact that it was written for the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I know. Don't, don't hold that against it. The song is so good. And honestly, like, so, so much better suited for this. <laughs> it is. And it's for we- when Reese and Fair were having their little tete-a-tete private moment down the bond yeah. during his speech. Uh, song five is To Glory by Thomas Bergerson, Two Steps from Hell. It's, again, like when everybody's coming back at Reese at the end of the whole inner circle yeah. speech, and they're like, "All right, off to war, let's go." Um, it it's it's basically Amarin's comment back to him about, you know, the honor is all ours. Um, and so I really I love how that kind of goes there. And then the final song is literally for the very end of sixty nine, uh, when all hell starts to break loose and we release the monsters. And it's uh, Seven Nation Army by the White Stripes. I know I used yes. it, but, but it's so appropriate here. And so I'm like, yeah, I gotta have it. Gotta have it. I love it. I love it so much. And so it's there. And those are our six songs. I mean, it sounds crazy, but. I love it. I love it. Those are our six songs. And I don't have any TikToks today, but I do have a couple for the next few weeks. So I'm pretty excited. (laughs) Yay! Getting there, getting there. All right. But in the meantime, uh, you can follow us on TikTok if you want. Uh, We're having some fun Mm -hmm. over there. Uh, Our TikTok is Massive Fan Pod, by the way. So go follow us. Mm -hmm. Go give us some loves. Um, but you can find us on all of the social medias with all of our names being, you know, massive something, something with <laughs> two A's, like, two A's, two A's, like Sarah Day Matt's name. So website is massive fan book of luck. <laughs> no, it's not, it's not massive. It's massive. Was that English enough? If you've made it to this yes. point in the podcast, then you know I'm tired and everybody's crying and nobody can breathe. It's fine. And we're all congested and yeah. stuffly and yeah. Oh, I really missed an opportunity. Should have read all of these as Janice for friends. That's an image. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> you can follow us on Facebook at Massive Fan Book Club and Podcast. Twitter at Massive Podcast. I got to apologize. We really don't post there. Instagram at Massive Fan Podcast. We really do post a lot there. Pinterest we do at post Massive a lot there. Fans. And I'm going to say TikTok sometimes. one more time for good measure. TikTok at Massive Fan Pod, mostly because I'm just like really proud of myself for the TikToks I've been putting out there. They're just really fun. <laughs> Kelsey's doing an awesome job on TikTok. And one of these days, she's going to drag me into TikTok. Kicking oh my God. And that's fine. I'd love to go and look at videos on TikTok. I have an account. I just don't post anything. Yeah, well. But... Here I don't think anyone I mean, wants to see my ugly mug anyway, so I figure it's safe. Well, nobody wants to see me either, but there, it's too late. <laughs> well, you're younger and prettier than me, honey, so we'll go with that. Well, I mean, thank you. you. Know, uh, I between really... the wrinkles and the silver hair here, you know, we're gonna... Hey, silver hair, people are doing it to their hair on purpose these days. 
I don't get that. My hair's doing it naturally. I, I joke that I have my own, you know, the glittered fairy hair you can get. Yeah. Like, I have my own coming in because my hair is literally doing that all on its own. Like, I'm literally going silver. It's hysterical. I'm a mess. What can eh, I say? But but you're a mess we love. You are our, our yeah, tour guide you. and our flight attendant. <laughs> <coughs> I don't know if this is good or bad. Making it all okay. Anyway, uh, with all of that, mm, till next week. uh, Okay. Okay. Bye.